playing a ton of guitar for you today on episode 120 of No Guitar Is Safe is the incredible living legend, Brent Mason. Today's show is brought to you by Blue Microphones. Learn more about Blue Microphones at bluemic.com. What can we say? Brent Mason, he's won a Grammy with Brad Paisley, two-time winner of the Musician of the Year Award from the Country Music Awards, one of the top session guitar players of all time, played with, gosh, Shania Twain, Willie Nelson, Dolly Parton, Alan Jackson, George Jones, Carrie Underwood. The credits are endless. Played on like a thousand albums or more, making him definitely one of the top session guitar players of all time. In October of 2019, inducted into the Musicians Hall of Fame, and he was just inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame. It's just nuts. Brent, wow. Came from Ohio to Nashville and became a fixture in the platinum album record-making industry. Now we're going to get all kinds of insights from him and also hear a lot of playing approaches and get some cool lessons, everything from using the B-Bender on his new Fender Telecaster signature model that's coming out to how he approaches recording sessions. And it's all brought to you by Blue Microphones. Blue, man, they've been making microphones for 25 years, and today they are the mic of choice for millions of musicians, creators, podcasters like myself. You'll find their mics like the Yeti and the Bluebird literally everywhere, or just about everywhere, from the top recording studios to YouTube videos, because people choose Blue to elevate their productions. I love this blue mouse right here. This is a great microphone from them. They have mics in every price range and USB mics to traditional mics, whatever you need. Learn more at bluemic.com. Head over there and click get started to find the mic that is perfect for you. We're also gonna learn about B-bending? Because check it out, this entire interview, Brent is playing his brand new signature model, Fender Telecaster. It's from Fender's Stories Collection. It's coming out September 15th. It's got all the Brent Mason stuff on there. The three pickups, Duncan pickups. We'll hear everyone. He's going to show you every sound on that guitar. And it's got that Joe Glazer B-bender system on there. Man, that is so cool. The way he uses it, he'll demonstrate that. He'll be playing his Custom Shop version, which was made by Custom Shop master builder, Kyle McMillan. But he also shows us the production version. That's a real guitar for every type of music you'll want to play. You can hear Brent gets every tone imaginable out of that guitar. It's really cool. One-stop shopping guitar. We're gonna learn a lot from Brent today, but if you wanna learn more, check it out. The Woodshed Guitar Experience is in Crossville, Tennessee, August 27th to the 30th, and it's a three-night retreat for guitar players of all kinds. Amazing teachers there, Brent Mason, Joe Bonamassa, Andy Wood, Andy Timmons, Mark Latiri, Greg Koch, and they are, of course, implementing all the social distancing safety stuff that we need in summer of 2020. It's a huge space, lots of outdoors. They should be doing just fine with that whole thing. But yeah, we're gonna hang out with Brent. I'm also honored that he actually checked out a video I sent him because I thought it might be an interesting little bit of conversation. 
of me playing on the American Country Awards, this was back in 2011, with Kristen Chenoweth. And I got this little solo break, it's like eight bars or something. And I'm basically stepping into the shoes of Brent Mason, who, as you know, doesn't tour that much. He makes the records that the rest of us listen to and maybe go out on tour and play. And he put on he put down this great guitar solo in that break on the album. And so there I am up there, Blake Shelton and all these celebs in the front row <laughs> watching and 25 million viewers on TV. And I'm trying to do a little Brent Mason. Again, thanks to Blue Microphones and BlueMic.com. Let's fire up the Jolly Whirly Bird and head over to Nashville, Tennessee. Plug in with Brent Mason. Wow. So yeah, we kind of like, it seems like we jam a little bit on these things and people ask me about that. How do you jam over Zoom? Well, actually this was Skype because of the latency. And enough people have asked that I'm gonna just remind you that Brent is recording over on his end and I'm recording here into Pro Tools, but there really is latency. So the only way that I can really jam is I play the rhythm part and I try to block out what the other person is playing because it's coming at me like a second late or almost half a second. So it's out of time. But over on Brent's end, he can hear the rhythm guitar and he can solo over it. And then later when I get the files, I have to line them up. So it's a weird thing. You can't really jam, but you can sort of fake it. I hope that answers your question. Keep it alive to you, 95, y'all. So, Brent Mason, what what are you holding there today, Brent Mason? Looks like you got a a new uh, uh, amazing a new old one. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is this is the replica of my gray Telecaster right here. This is the the uh, one that they did in the custom shop. You can see it has the inlaid cigarette smoke all in there and the primer <laughs> coat. I don't know what they it's. The original one had car primer gray on it, right? Whoever, yeah. when they traded it in, took it to the music store, they stripped the finish off and decided, well, I'm not going to refinish, I'm just going to trade it. So that's how it stayed. But yeah, this one's um, all down to the uh, wire, uh, no pun. It's all copied exactly. This is, uh, this is my uh, original. Oh yeah, over Skype you can't tell the difference. <laughs> they look pretty yeah. much identical over this TV. Yeah, <laughs> over the monitor. Yeah, it's hard to tell it just in person too. Really, it's it's, uh, and it comes with a string bender, a, a Joe Glazer bender in it. Yeah. So yeah, it it doesn't come in tune though. You have to tune them. <laughs> I mean, they still uh, haven't fixed evidently. that problem. <laughs> All these years, and we still have to tune them ourselves. I know, and that miserable. Okay. So what kind of, first of all, what gauge strings do you like? Well, this is, these are tens. You know, so it's got, yeah. the, it still has a little, it, I like the heaviness, but, but it's still, you can still, you know, it still has the, yeah. you know, you can easily pull them down a bit of a whole step or more if you want to, if you're brave enough. So uh, yeah, is this, this so is the custom shop version, which I believe is available to people. And there's also going to be the, the standard, you know, more mass produced version. And uh, I guess this yeah, is that's, built. This is the newer version. This is the one that is, is, doesn't have all the uh, markings. I mean, it's, it's yeah. the standard one that's going to be released. A little bit cheaper. Yeah, it's beautiful and, too, uh, man. But, but, but still sounds good. Yeah, it's a... It's you know when <laughs> well they got the specs for for that for that one I was a, it was like 
me taking my clothes off in front of a, of a crowd or something. <laughs> it was embarrassing to me. I thought, oh my, that's so ugly. You mean you know, because no, it's cool. It's cool. They're like going so. through all the beer stains and everything that's on it from all those years uh, yeah. of gigging. Mm. Elbow grease. <laughs> right. Literally yeah. big elbow mark underneath your right arm there on the guitar. So I guess. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, that's, you know, I don't know how they did it. Did they borrow your Hopefully original? Hopefully it's not real I sweat, you had a, I hope not. I guess it was Kyle McMillan who built the custom shop version, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, did they borrow your uh, your baby, your 68, or six, I guess your Yeah, well, I mean, actually, they, in Nashville here, down at Soundcheck, which is a, a studio, uh, it's a rental, uh, they have a shop in there, Fender. I just brought it in there, and we all kind of like, stood around the operating table and watched <laughs> it, you know, with surgical gear. Uh, Garb on. They, yeah. <laughs> but uh, they, they got all the specs and, you know, they uh, probed pretty much it. got it. Well, there was a little, uh, you know, work we had to re go back and when I got it, it felt like the neck was a little bigger than it was supposed to be. And they fixed that and it's it's dead on. Pretty amazing how dead did, on it yeah. is. Did they take the neck off of it and everything when they did it or not really? I guess they didn't yeah. really have to. Can we, why don't you take us on a tour, a sonic tour of some of the sounds from your, your new guitar, Brent? Okay. Well, first of all, you know the the different when I, this guitar when I bought it, of course, was just a standard Tele. You know, there was just two pickups, a uh, neck and the bridge. And you know, when I was 20, 20 years old, I couldn't afford to have more than one guitar. I'd have to trade one in to get another. I thought, why can't I, I should just have a guitar that would kind of like do all like maybe sound like have a humbucker in it and and, a, and have a middle pickup to simulate a strat or whatever yeah. so so joe glazer a guitar builder and uh you know pretty pretty much a household name with guitar players and from nashville here mm -hmm. he come up i said uh, let's do the middle pickup he came up with the whole uh idea of uh putting the middle pickup on with a volume knob in the middle so it just basically still the three-way switch system yeah with an added uh, middle pickup, Seymour Duncan in the middle that just had a volume knob. So you could actually turn, bleed it in, you yep, know, gradually. Uh, full on would have been, you know, would be like as close to a strat, you know, out of phase thing if you had it on the back pickup or front. But I ended up more using it like, a, like an EQ move, you know, where I would just gradually, it would kind of yeah. like scoop the sound out a little bit if you had uh, yeah. too many uh, offensive high end when you got to the bridge pickup or something. So, you know, so it's... Um, that sounds like the bridge right there. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Okay, now, see, also, the reason I was turning on, I wasn't hearing it because I'm just, I'm just, we added a pull knob to, to, to shut it off. Oh, Shut cool. off the volume so it takes the middle pickup out of the picture. Now it's in, see? Uh, oh, that's funky. Yeah. Yeah, so, so if you pull out on this knob, this is something uh, that Fender came up with. Pull it out just, just takes, then it's a standard. I like that it's covered pickup, it's small, low profile, like the way a neck pickup on a Telecaster would be. Because if you see this guitar, right. this is a Fender Parallel Universe. 
Right. And it's got okay. a yeah. standard tele pickup, and sometimes the magnets are like yeah. pretty high, which is. But sometimes the pick is right there. Oh, you hit the yeah, you hit it. Yeah. Oh yeah, because that's right where you play, so you'll you'll get that <laughs> ticking in there. Yeah, I found out a lot of times I do that too. So if you play the thumb yeah. pick, you gotta you gotta know where you know to place the right hand. Sometimes it's a little aggravating, but. Um, a lot of times you'll practice with that. I'll practice with that on the amp and I'll go, yeah, and then I'll turn on the amp and go, oh man, I'm clicking like like crazy. It sounds like, you know, a telegraph going yeah. through. And then tell us about you got the mini humbucker up by the Oh by the, the mini humbucker is uh, you know, so it gives it that let's see if I got the Nice, you know, humbucker. Yeah, you it's know. a beautiful, legit jazz tone. It almost has like a 335 kind of thing, you know. Is, is that what you used on the. I got a little loud here. It's I'm just sorry, could... my uh, interface, but go ahead. I was going to say, is that what you used on the title track to smoking section? Cause there's yeah, a... right, right. That was, that was a. sounds like bird and dizzy so yeah it does but we put it up at that dizzy uh, uh, speed and it, it'll it'll challenge you <laughs> oh yeah I was kind of slowing it down a little bit because all the you know when you get up that fast the dizzy and those could swing so hard at that speed it's really hard to swing and do the you know oh. dotted kind of a thing terrifying man they guys. can do it <laughs> now one of my favorite, one of the world's favorites Telecaster tones is the bridge and the neck. What does that sound like with the mini? And then you got to look like a standard bridge kind of Telecaster pickup. I mean, I know it's one of your custom, yeah. but. With, with, a, with a bridge and the neck. Yeah. Well, let me get it. Uh... crispiness to it like like it should awesome beautiful playing is always so great to talk to you uh, I'm just using a, a deluxe I got a 67 deluxe uh, mic and run it through a mixer and a oh. high rig uh, interface oh right now it's very cool so I, I, I can easily blow you away <laughs> by kicking on a pedal. I haven't, I haven't tested them. I hit an overdrive there. I could send you impaling backwards there. <laughs> no, that's, a, that's what we're here for. Now I noticed you got like a strap lock on the back of your Telecasters, and then yep, when, when strap locks. But when you because, want to, it uh, looks like you can go over to the Glazer bender and bend some yeah. B string. See how it's uh, the, it's uh, just attached to a little lever mechanism there that it just literally, it's all uh, physics, it just pulls a, 
it's hard to do a string bitter on a chair. Uh, yeah, it's, right. It's it kind of looks like I have a, a neurological disease or something. <laughs> trying to get that. <laughs> yeah, but you? I've got it set up pretty, pretty, you know, stiff for. Uh, because uh, I know, like, I think, like, Marty Stewart or something, I think they have theirs set up that has, it's pretty easy to, to, uh, less tension on it. I'm always, like, afraid it, it moves around when I'm playing, like. Right. Yeah. So I always set it up pretty stiff. It's, it's like, you have to muscle a little bit. It's all completely internal. But, but the, the guitars do come with, with the bead bender, by the way. Yeah, even the, um, yeah. standard, both, both models do, the custom shop? Both in? models do, yeah. Fantastic. I like how it's actually totally 100% hidden underneath the back of the guitar. You almost wouldn't right. know. Right, and there's only about 1% of the wood routed out, just, just leading to the, to the yeah. uh, you know, the back here um, on the saddles, and it's got a little mechanism where it's easily, you just yeah. loop the string under and it hooks in and it's ready to go. Also, you can, there's a converted thing I haven't explored yet where you could convert it to a G bender as well. Oh, wow. You just pop it out and, and twist it or do, you'd have to refer to uh, Fender on that one. Defer. Right, right. So that's so uh, cool. For anyone who doesn't know, you just push down a little bit on the neck and it pulls the lever yeah, on the strap. Yeah, you push down the lever, you know. And there's a, you can, you know, like if you tune down a half step, you'd have to jump, adjust the tension. The tuning, there's a dial in the right here, simply uh, right here just in the back if you can see it oh yeah yeah so it clever roll it down that tunes it up uh, and and the uh and the and the tension can with a phillips oh, if, really? if, you, if there's too much play in it and you want to stiffen it up a bit you can do that with a screwdriver does it some original b-bender guitars are pretty heavy does that are they gotten lighter or in weight it's it's you know i haven't really tested out the weight yet uh, I don't think it adds that. I don't see how I could add that much weight to it. Right. Can you show us a couple of entry-level B-Bender moves? If someone was going to start using yeah, a B-Bender for the first time, what would they right. do with it? Yeah, you could uh, just, I love to do fake steel guitar licks, right? So you could, if the steel guitar player doesn't show up, you go, all right, I got to be the <laughs> fake steel guitar. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, wow. see, now like that. It's a little, it's a little uh, flat to me. So I just did a little twist on. There it is. See. Like a seven up to a major. Wow. Yeah. I think it still needs a little more. Uh... Yeah. Just watching you do that, your fretting fingers. I was always a fan of like Clarence White stuff, you know, it was just simple, uh, but, but it was so yeah. melodic, right? I know there's guys that do a lot of uh, fancy stuff with it. You know, I'm, I'm no Jimmy Orlander or anybody like that, but, uh, That's uh, you know, I know Brad Paisley and Jimmy, you know, they, I think they have G benders and B benders. I just, just stuck with a B bender, you know, so. Uh, but I, I love to use it in strategic spots, right? You know, that was what it was for me. Oh, very nice, man. I don't use it for, if, you know, for rock and roll bends or something. You always want that uh, vibrato there. You yeah. know, so you, there's all you can, you know, you have to bend the string for that sound, right? You can't really use it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You'd have to wiggle it a little bit. So the vibrato, it's just more about, uh, you know, the the sort of Clarence White things and the yeah. steel guitar type deals. Steel guitar is the ultimate. You play a lot with Paul Franklin, who right. I saw him with uh, with John Oates and your friend yeah. Guthrie Trapp yeah. was on lead guitar. Both those guys mm -hmm. are great. I mean, 
When Paul Franklin takes a solo in a room and he's stretching out on a stage in a club, I mean, it's like tears are in my eyes. It's so yeah. beautiful. Oh, he's, he's just like a magician with a steel. I mean, it's like he's yeah. took it to another level. You know, to me, it was like I never, I don't play any steel. I think I messed with it one time. And I thought, I, I think I could learn to fly a plane faster than this. Knee <laughs> <laughs> well levers and, and pedals and, you know, and bars. And I was going, wow. It's, it's such a complex instrument. Be- beautiful instrument, though. Yeah, and he's, he's a master of it. Can you show us some of your more advanced, and this doesn't have to be B-Bender, but some of your other steel uh-huh. licks that maybe you've stolen from your friends like Paul? Or, like, I mean, we all have... Yeah, well, there's, you know, a lot of, a lot of them I do, don't have to use the B-Bender. They're just... You can also, like... Oh, that was beautiful. Or you can go. I don't think I've tried that one before. Yeah, so you so you so you bend up here. And as that one comes down, you pull up on the second string, so it gives you that ascending, descending simultaneous. Alright, I'm gonna try it. But I can't get the First, if, if you're playing in E, I mean, uh, D, I'm sorry. Burr. I always kind of, I, I, I go do, 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 do a couple quarter notes there, and then, then as I finish that phrase, then I let it fall down, and, the, and then I pull the B bender up. Oh, that's what I was tripping. I forgot it's that like, you, I, I like missed going, that you went like back a, to the B bender. That's why I was failing so <laughs> heavily. Oh, you don't have a B bender in there? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, then you. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna put your eye out then. Yeah, I think you put your eye out. <laughs> Bust a knuckle. But uh, but uh, yeah. you know, right here. Yeah, I see. I always like to use them even in fast runs like like uh It's a lot of this in the chair. <laughs> it kind of looks like... Go, I need to go to a chiropractor. <laughs> it looks like you're just getting into that note. You're just like when someone makes leans back and makes a guitar face, like you're just getting into the note, but you're, you wouldn't really realize yeah. you're bending it. But it, right. So it's not, it doesn't look too crazy, but it sure is, makes, this, makes me want to get one do the guitar face anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So maybe you could uh, give us... You know what I just did? I was at Sam Ash Music and, in L.A., and Gabby sold me some Herco thumb picks. And you see the one right. I got, it's, it looks like a full-on pick, but it's like a, it's the same color as yours. Yeah, yeah, you got, yeah, I could never use those. So this I mean, is, this I'll, is, I'll, yeah, I could, they didn't have your model, which is the, the thinner model. It's like this, I can't see it, it has this thing, yeah, okay. I can. Yeah, see, I don't play with a pick, I can play with a pick, but I just, never, you know. See what I mean? I'm yeah. a little sloppy with it. it. In about a half hour, I start to to get good, but if, you know, sometimes I'm in a session if I'm doing that. You know, you gotta have yeah. a, a little light straight pick to get that percussion. But see, I can do that with this, this thumb pick. Yeah, see, that's, that's what I was gonna say. That's a good thing for that one. See, you can get a good uh, arm 
B rhythm thing going. I, I, this one's a little, I can still do it, but. I mean, it's it's like yeah. sometimes I'll take a thinner pick in a session if it wants a little more uh, yeah. spank to it. So to be clear, you're using a thumb pick that's much narrower in like it's not the width of a regular guitar pick at the end. It's just no. I don't like those real. Yeah. Now yours is a different brand or it's a different shape. Yeah. But I hate the real thick ones that are fat and thick and cumbersome. Yeah, yeah they didn't. And that's and that's most of them except the Herco, uh The Dunlop makes them now. You know. So. Could you give someone a, a 10 second sales pitch on why they would try playing with a thumb pick? I've been playing with the thumb pick now for a total of 22 hours and I love it. But I mean, I'm not playing you do? the same kind of Well, I, you know, you know something I'm kind of uh, a little, I have ambiguity about that. Some guys have been playing with a pick uh, for so long that they think they're gonna have to switch to a thumb pick. And uh, I said, really, you know, I, I can't really sell you on it. The only thing I could tell is if you're doing, uh, because look, I mean, okay, let's take guys like uh, Johnny Highland, you know, he just burns it, you know, double stops and stuff. He's got a pick and I'm going, ain't nothing wrong with that, you know? Yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, like you're, you're get, like for me, I've got a pick now, but then when I yeah. want, I can let go and I have the finger, the f index finger now available yeah. for the best. That's good. Well, I would say. You just gave a good sales pitch there. I would say that's the reason you can flat pick and then go into, and then you got your open fingers for double yeah. stops and stuff, you know, because I like to use the first finger and the middle finger for double stops, you know. So it's, it's, I got this, the double stop thing like this. So that's why I like the, some guys, if you got a pick, you would have to use the middle and ring finger, I think. I know. Or, or, or tuck the pick under and play just, you know, bare fingers. Yeah, every finger has a different tone. And like just, uh, I can snap with my middle finger, but I swear it just feels better. It's probably more in the pocket and has a bigger sound uh, if I'm able to use my index finger. So, that sounds great. And using this thumb pick, you can just jump right to it, which is kind of a revelation to me. And for Travis picking and stuff too, if you want to use your middle, your first finger and your middle finger. See, it was always easier for me to do the arpeggio stuff because I'm not a, I don't know that uh, sweet thing. Right. I never was good at that or certain things, but I, I just do a. I can do that, you know, but I, I can't with a pick. I. <laughs> you know, yeah. I can do all those. Uh, That's beautiful. That's crazy. That was, you know, you're using your nails as much as the thumb pick. You know, it's just uh, I could do it a lot easier now with a straight pick. I, I would I would get all twisted up like a pretzel trying to do that one with a 
regular pick. Can you show us a, a move that is such a great chicken picking move that I have, I have good ears as far as learning solos, but how do you get the bootlippy, bootlippy, bootlippy? You know what I'm talking about? It's just a uh, muffled. And it's both ma mainly here. You're, you're, you're going through the motions of playing a fretted note, but, but it's just a. Now, I think I'm seeing for those first three notes, the bucket. Uh... Yeah, for, I was starting out with a left hand technique first, and then, and then it's just a. I'd have to. I think if I'm seeing correctly, I'm seeing a thumb pick down and then an index finger pluck and a middle yeah, finger pluck. Always so a down thumb pick first. But I mean, it's like this, right? Unless it's, if it's a downbeat, it usually yeah. starts with a thumb pick downward. Yeah. Uh, if it's a, like a 16th note pickup or something, I'll use a. Yeah, I'll use an yeah. up, upward finger uh, motion. Yeah. <laughs> I almost oh. got that. Oh, that's beautiful. I almost got the move, but you, you it's like a down pick of the thumb and then a up pick of the first finger and yeah, then, a, and then, then a, the third finger and then what is the you fourth? Can, you don't need more than two fingers really. Well, I, no I use three, I use two fingers and a thumb. <laughs> anyway, so the last note of the four notes is another thumb pick. I don't look at the video, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Some of those things that are just, I start to analyze them and go, what the hell am I doing? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, people slow you down. Sometimes. You're like, whoa! I got to yeah. take apart the yeah. take apart the motor. You are you still available for teaching on Skype for mm -hmm. clients? Yeah, sure. Yeah, especially you know this whole COVID thing yeah. going on. This is this is uh, been a great way to a time to do that. You know, I mean, what better social distancing than this, right? <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Now I'm I'll be probably your next customer. I mean, it's such an incredible thing to be able to, to yeah. study with you. And I see all these photos of you guys in the studios now, and obviously the masks are happening. Have, did studios take a break? What's it like doing sessions now with? Uh, yeah, I saw your. By the way, your Christian channel with. What are you ah, playing? Yeah. Good. That was good. Oh, thank you so much for watching. It's hard man. to look sexy and walk around in chicken pick, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's hard, it's hard for me to look sexy. <laughs> you did very period. well. You did very well, I think. Thank you. Yeah, man. Fox, you know, 25 million people watching. That was a thing. But, you know, I, I worked that solo out in the hotel room for 24 hours beforehand and played it. You nailed it. I, 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 but I, I forgot I did that when I was. That's, that's what I didn't hear back. It's a lot of things I play, I'll never hear them back. You know. Well, yeah, and, it's so uh, beautiful, and I think it's you. And according to the credits, our friend Paul Franklin. I say friend. I met him once. Yeah, Paul was. But a, uh, was I, a Bob Ezrin production, right, Bob? Yes. And uh, so it's it's you're, you know you're you're standing up there trying to do a little bit of Paul somehow, a little steely kind of stuff, and do a little bit of Brent. The thing that really killed me about the end of that solo. Is this is a thing I hear you do? 
Yeah. I could yeah. not get that to the same like the way the fluidity that I don't know what the lick was. I'd have to re revisit it. But uh, I'll give you the get you started here. You're in the key of G. You want to show me what I did? Yeah. <laughs> show I, I, I wouldn't me. dare show you what you did, but I'll refresh your memory of what key it was. Okay. And then you did like a blues thing. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I use that one all the time. Are you using your Are you using your first two fingers to pluck this? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, it's it's really a Jerry Reed kind of inspired lick. Jerry Reed, you know, that always mm -hmm. does. It, it all started with the, the claw, you know. You know, yeah. that song really was the birth of all that kind of chicken picking stuff. And he did that on an acoustic guitar. Later, he got a telly and uh, started doing all the crazy, you know, real wiry yeah. kind of slinky stuff with double stops. Now, you know. You know, all that kind of. So beautiful. Using those, uh, but he had his own little uh, kind of uh, phrasings that were unique, you know. Now at the end um, of that, that solo that you did on Kristen Chenoweth thing, I think you doubled it with a baritone guitar, which is another thing that had fooled me. I was like, how does he get that sound? Is that something? You well, you know, the baritone, I think, uh, um, I, I did that a lot on records, you know, especially in the, in the early 90s. Uh, Randy Travis, uh, Better Class of Losers. There was a lot of, it just made the, the licks more grandiose, you know? It was like, uh, it just, yeah. you know. You know, if you, and then you You know, if you double that, or, or like do that an octave down, you know? Yeah. And then just made it a big lick that was just noticeable and, and the more signature, you know, it had a bigger sound back then. Uh, the baritone yeah. this is has a little character of a twang thing to it, you know, kind of a uh, muscled up testosterone twang, you know, you crank the yeah. amp up and you get that little grit from it, you know. You've had a lot of different baritones. I know you have a cool Paul Reed Smith baritone. And yeah, I got the Paul Reed Smith. I, I got a, a, a uh, what else? It's the Jerry Jones I use a lot. Yeah. And the, the one I play a lot now is this Charles Whitfield uh, baritone. He's in Kentucky, a custom guitar builder. Great baritone. I've been using that a lot. Let me ask you this, because I know you've done over a thousand records and stuff, and it's hard to necessarily remember every one, but there's this Alan Jackson tune, Who's Cheating Who, that has an incredible baritone solo on it. Well, it's got clearly you taking guitar solos. Whose car is barking next door? And there's also a baritone up there.
Yeah, I, play, I did a baritone. There, that's that's one that didn't have a slide on it, did it? Did it have a slide guitar or a steel ride? It has a, I think it's Paul Franklin on the steel. like a clavinet part or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Now, when how many different sounds on a low, this note G on a thumb pick, can you get a snap? Like, do you do snap? Yeah, there was, there was a song uh, that Joe Diffie, God rest his soul, died of the COVID. You know, one of the guys oh, this no. year. That, uh, that, uh, Joe Diffie had, uh, I'm a pickup man, or. or it was, here's the thing about that song, it started out in A, and it was easier in A. And he goes, yeah, that's, I'm gonna have to bring it down. I went, oh no, I got the lick and everything. It had, a, it had some kind of a chicken pick a lick in the front, but I had to go. Oh yeah. <laughs> I had to fake it a bit. pickup truck twangy you know song it was fun uh so what, you asked when a, was there a question well, uh, so that baritone that? solo too it almost sounds like the guitar's an octave lower on the alan jackson tune yeah i can't remember it could have been a bass uh six string bass too yeah maybe it's you know what i mean it's the baritone would be a, like a fourth or a, a a fifth tune down yeah, I couldn't tell if you just tuned the low string yeah. down for the very end where, of it. Where or a six string bass, where, the, where like yeah. uh, they used to do Tic Tacs in the 50s and stuff, Harold yeah. Bradley, was a bass guitar. It was um, octave. Yeah, yeah, like a Fender that. 6 or something? I could have used that. It would have been a Jerry Jones octave or something. Uh, a six so string bass rather than a Barry, so could have been. Now, which, remember. which tune did you get your Grammy Award for, for the instrumental? Was it Hot Wired? Oh no no that was that was because of the Brad Paisley thing. Oh yeah, I, I kind of wrote on the back of Brad Paisley on that one. Uh, it was uh, uh, what was that called? It was a compilation of different guitar players. Right, it was an instrumental uh, though. Cluster Pluck. Oh right right right. And Gotta so, watch my pronunciation pronunciation. Yeah. It was uh, we all you know it was John Jorgensen me and uh, some different different other guys. Uh, uh, Red Volkart and uh, it was all of his favorite tele players. Right. Right right yeah. And he did, we all joined in and played Steve Warner and stuff like that. We all we all got the trophies. That was my Grammy. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. By osmosis. Uh, well, I mean, you know, that's how that one occurred. They called me about that guy. We going to come to the Grammy uh, dinner? I said, what for what? I thought, did I? Am I up for a Grammy? That's weird. I, I, the album was done a couple of years ago. I don't know what I would be. It was for Brad Paisley. So and they said, no, it's for Brad's. I said, oh, great. And I was thinking, well, he'll probably win that. <laughs> Did you so, come out to L.A. or New York or wherever it was? And uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. I couldn't make that one. But uh, you're in you the know. studio. Yeah, I was doing something. I couldn't make the the, the appearance there. That's classic um, Brent Mason for you, man. Probably working, <laughs> working instead. Oh, well, you know, I could have been. Yeah, I think. I, well, I couldn't. It was just uh, some for some reason I couldn't fly. You know, fly to L.A. It was. I think it was there. It wasn't. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, it was in L.A., so well, yeah, I was busy or something. Pink, but, uh, 
Pink has a, an amazing guitar player named Justin Derrico for 14 yep. years, and and he uh, on when he was on this show, he played your Hot Wired as best he could, and he did pretty darn good, I must say. Big, in, uh, yeah. he loved that lick. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's. beautiful now give us a 10 cent tips on you know my girlfriend at one time hooked me up with some nail epoxy and glue and a couple of fake nails. i try to do it myself they are like not sticking to my nails is some people's nails not sticky or will, will i be well served if i go to a, a beautician or a, or, a, or a nail salon and have them do it i well i i i don't i didn't I, these are just super glued on uh my wife a funny story about that uh they used to make fingernails that were thicker and I had to have them thick because if I played hard, they would just destroy them or break them. And then they stopped making them. They were clear and you couldn't see them on your finger. Yeah. So I had to buy these white ones. These are ugly so because I just super glued them on. They start to get ugly. You have to take them off, put prettier ones on. They're never pretty. They're aesthetically not uh, enjoyable. Which fingers, uh, which fingers do you put them on? It's just, just the middle and the ring finger. I would have assumed you also used your <clears throat> index. That's interesting. Oh, I use that for, for popping, more of a... Yeah. Interesting. So you don't have a nail That's, on that one. No, no. But That you, one's more for like funky uh, popping and stuff. And also for finger uh, tapping, right? When you want to... You know if you're doing that. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So anyway, the story, picking up from there, uh, I said, what am I gonna do? They're, they're making like thin plastic nails now. I can't use them. I thought, well, I'm gonna have to go to, a, you know, get them manicured now. And I thought, I never wanted to do that because I thought if I'd break one off, it would break in the middle because they only do them up to a certain length on the, on the nail. And I thought if I break it, what do I do? Then it be, won't be a nail there to even glue something on. So I didn't want to be in that handicapped position or painful position. So my wife found these uh, on eBay that are thick, very hard, thick ones, you know? Yeah. She, bought, she bought every one up in the universe, so you'll never be able to find any. <laughs> we, we've bought every known thick plastic fingernail yeah. out there on so the planet Earth. <laughs> so you have Cartage bring them over and went for the session? <laughs> A big separate truck full of nails? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I got about that many. They're all stuffed up in the closet, you know? And you literally use super glue or gorilla glue or something? Yeah, super glue, crazy glue. It must they don't stay on forever. I mean, you don't want them on forever. It, it thins out the real nail, you know? Then yeah. your fingernail has to breathe. So uh, if, if you don't have a gig for a couple of days, pull them off, you know? Then, really? And it's not like pull them off, oh, you know, it's like not like ripping skin off. They just pop off. They don't. They don't stay on that long. I've been doing it for years. Sounds like torture it's no to me. Big deal. Now let's take a song like Alan, <laughs> it is. like that Alan Jackson tune. Everyone always hears about Nashville, like you guys doing these tracks in three hours. But I guess I could see that. Is that some some of these tunes? Like, yeah. Well, some of some of the song. I mean, here's the thing. Like, let's say Alan's uh, records, like Alan Jackson, George Strait, 
you know, they, they're, they're so fast about singing them. They're so, you know, they nail them like maybe the first or two takes. And, you know, those songs, if they're country songs, they don't real a lot of, they don't, it doesn't uh, require a lot of, uh, you know, gimmicks yeah. and gadgets and stuff to, to make it, you know, a single, a unique single. It's just like, hey, you fill the chorus, I'll take the verse. Steel, we'll split the solo, yeah. count it off. It also, we'll get a couple takes, and you can get about two or three. You can get a couple songs in three hours, you know, with with like a, a like a traditional country song. Uh, and then there's some like you know, like when we were with Mutt Lang doing Shania. You know, Mutt's got a whole array of things he wants to happen. You know, different. There could be like five or six guitar parts on a song, yeah. as opposed to the uh, you know Allen songs who, or or. Uh, Brooks and Dunn or something where just you just put a couple good solid electric rhythm and yeah. it's, you know it's like doing a Creedence Clearwater record or something you know now the, a lot of these songs are you know as a professional musician pretty quick to memorize the changes maybe abridged how mo how often are you actually reading like a little Nashville chart or are you all the time usually all the time but they're just basic number charts yeah. if you're familiar with number charts uh, based on, we really don't know what we're going to record when we go in the studio. We don't. We might know the artist, but we don't know what they're going to do till we get in there. And then there's a, a designated leader on the session that that's the copyist and makes all the charts. So they go, here's the first song, you know, uh, don't break my heart, okay? And and they're just it's just a chord chart. And you've so led. We, we, kind of, we kind of carve it out while we're there and we come up with signature licks. We might write those in above the lines, you know, but it's nothing, yeah. it's not like a Quincy Jones chart or something by any means. Now, you've led your fair share of sessions. Do they give you the songs in advance to uh, write the charts out? Yeah. The, the, the leader may get advanced uh, uh, work tape or a, or a demo yeah. or something to, to chart. So he'll hear it before us. You know, sometimes I get it and I hear it, so I got a heads up on it. Like the drummer, the rest of the guys, the keyboard player, the bass player, they won't hear it till they show up at the studio. Now, I've seen various amp configurations that you bring to the studio, including your Fender Bassman which, and your uh, Matchless and maybe a PRS or, depending, whatever, maybe three different heads. Um, you also yeah. have a huge pedal board. How often do you actually print with effects like, like delays and stuff? Or do they want Usually to all the time. They, all the time. So they're not love, saving that for the post. They want you, they sometimes allow you to do well, it. Well, they'll have to make that known up front before, but if they don't, I'm going to record with uh, effects. Like what, a little slap back or something? Yeah, a little, if it's a memory man or a chorus or something. I, I happen to like mono effects. You know, I think it's kind of cool. Now, if, if they want to run a, a dry signal out to the board, you know, they can request that. I go, sure. Yeah, yeah. But, but usually it's going to be effects right 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 it's just part of the creativity of coming up with something for me now if i'm if you know a lot of times these days you know the guys are in there already in their uh, little uh, portable studios or something and they could use uh, virtual effects and stuff like that stereo if you want stereo usually i'll do a left or right way yeah. back in early 90s and the 80s uh which you know i was a part of that latter 80s uh everybody likes stereo bells and whistles and running direct and stuff like that but yeah, yeah. not as much we kind of got out of that and just went uh, i think when we started doing brooks and dunn records like uh, boot scoot and boogie we just drug in our uh nightclub amps you know and they buzz and stuff <laughs> and we just turned them up we were doing mono stuff and it it kind of made it more roadhouse sound right you look like you're in the room <laughs> i mean i mean i'm just in a little office here um with uh i got a little 
Mackie mixer, six channel mixer here in the yeah. office. Now, when I see videos or photos of you in the session, it looks like your speaker cabinets are kind of nearby. Are they live in the room with you or live with the band? No, not usually. I usually isolate those. So they're usually in another room. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I really don't like them nearby. It's just I hear too much bleed off of them into my head. Unless I'm running my yeah. headphones blistering. They're going to be louder than my headphones. It's going to disrupt everything that I'm doing if I uh, have, have them there next to me. Because a lot of times they're running pretty, pretty loud, so I like them isolated, you know. Do you like them to be in a bigger room? or Because a small, a, even a 1x12 cabinet can overdrive a small room. Do you like them to have a, like, you don't want them in a closet. Yeah, you know, you know, I won't mention any studio names, but there's some ostation, uh, uh, um, real ostentatious is the word I was looking for, yeah. studios, you know, uh, uh, opulent studios, big, grandiose studios that go, I love the studio. And then I'll find out, where's my amp? Oh, it's going to run in the closet, a padded closet. I go, you got this big studio, and that's where you put, put the speakers in a little, so you get this you know, bass trap in there, exactly. you know, you got to mess it. It never, it never sounds right. So I thought, I love it when you can open it up a bit, right? Yeah. Guitars Cause, cause I, and I drums the, need to the breathe. the sound of mic speakers. You know, I know there's great, uh, you know, units now like Kempers and stuff like that, but yeah. I'm a big fan of using speaker cabinets and stuff and amps and combos and stuff. I would love to get to know you just like as far as I mean, we know that you started playing when you were like five or something, but what, what motivated you to pick up that guitar the first time? Well, my, you know, my, all, my whole family played music, right? My mom and dad, my brother, me, uh, even grandparents played. On my mom's side, she had a band, family band. Uh, my grandpa played fiddle. Yeah. My grandmother played uh, accordion, organ, piano, and mom does the same thing. She plays bass, guitar, all of them play guitar. So it was just kind of meant to be. It was just a family of, it was like the Partridge family, okay, yeah. or something. But uh, dad showed me, you know, he was a big fan of, you know, Merle, Travis, you know, the, that nine pound hammer, that, you know. Yeah. That nine pound hammer. That. that kind of thing so oh, he, yeah. he played but he just played with thumb and finger and he showed me how to do that and then uh, he, he also was a fan of Chet Atkins you know and then he had bought a Jerry Reed album and I went wow I like that because it was a little more funkier and bluesier mm -hmm. so I started to uh, listen to that and decipher his licks you know phonetically and yeah. uh, beca became a Jerry Reed fan but then thanks to dad he showed me a few little guitar chords so or riffs and ultimately stuff. you moved to nashville as a pretty much out of high school i guess or not long after no no well i had just i had a i worked in a factory i didn't look at it as a long-term thing but i went straight into a factory that made toolboxes you mean like after Vanwood, high school ohio. in ohio yeah right after high school and uh it was it was kind of a dark time in my life i thought yeah i looked at i always think of that james taylor song you ever hear that uh a mill worker that he had about a factory worker that stares at their hands and you know seeing it all you know the cuts and it was kind of like that wow. I would go out and eat my lunch and I thought I'm working with shoving metal into a, a press and I'm, I'm seeing all these cuts I'm going yeah. I'm done yeah I got to get out of here so yeah. you know I had to do that for a while then I came to Nashville and by way of Virginia I had a, some kind of a, a club 
club gig that I got hired on. Then I moved to Nashville, met guys like Paul Franklin who helped me out. Paul was already established here. Guys like him, Greg Galbraith, a studio player, a guitar player. Oh yeah, and then you met Chet. And yeah, what's your most met Chet. meaningful, other than playing with him on, on his record and stuff, I mean, any standout memories with this great ambassador and player of the guitar? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. He was, he was kind of. He had that dry sense of humor, you know. And I didn't know if he was ever serious. I was up there nervous. Try. It was probably the most nervous I've ever been trying to play for him. It'd been the first time he would hear me, and he he knew I was already good. He just wanted to see me sweat a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And I was playing, and he goes something about like, hey, uh, you know, there's a Caribbean island where the girls are, the native girls are bare-breasted there. And I went what? <laughs> I don't think he'd use that or not, but it was like, oh, okay. I, I, don't know. I could hear about that. I, I was ready to hear some kind of a, you know, a guitar antidote or something, something about you know, guitar playing. But he, he well, was just trying to make me laugh. Make you laugh, break the tension. You know, it's always, yeah. <laughs> always good. But he, it was just his sense of humor, you know. He was just. So um, now you've, you're a veteran now in Nashville, and I'm sure you've noticed an influx of lots of people moving there, huh? Yeah, there's a lot. Well, I mean, it's it's it, there's a new turn, you know, a circle of life. There's new, you know, there's guy. I'm going in to play sessions now, and I see guys in there that's my daughter's age. <laughs> right. So you know, it's 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 right, you know, and they're going, man, I, I I got this. You're talking about Justin and those guys. They're they're kind of carrying the torch. They're yeah. great players and stuff. So yeah, they're. And then there's some that are just you know like, hey, I'm gonna come down there and just live for a while, see what happens. You know, they either jump in here and, and go, man, this is not for me, I'm going home. And then there's guys that, that hang in there and rough it out and finally they're, you know, they're, they got some gig that they like and it's, they're either on the road or, you know, getting in the studio takes a little more uh, getting into a click and stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, you're, but you really got to circulate and get around and, and, be, and be a nice person, you know, you can't be an a-hole. Right, right. And think you're too good for this you know you, you'll be out faster than you came in yeah my friend michael sterto uh, played with lou graham from foreigner for uh, many years mm -hmm. and i think he's busted and moved to nashville you know a lot of pro experience i know you gave some advice just now any any other advice for michael when he shows up in nashville oh uh, yeah wear a mask well yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, no. You know, you know the guys that come. If you're a great player, music's what you do. And that's what that's what you want to. You know, it's a, it's your yeah. passion. Me, I couldn't do anything else. You know, right, right. Uh, you're going to find something, especially if you're very gifted. And I'm sure he is very gifted, a great guitar player. You yeah. know, and he's got great credentials, credibility. That helps. Nice guy. He, he'll do well. You know, just you know, I. And much I could say about that is just uh, you know get through this year. No <laughs> Hopefully doubt. next year we'll have some kind of a clear, you know, path to things. And gosh, this is such a, you know, a head spinner, this, this virus thing. It's nuts. Well, the best way to reach you if somebody wants to get a guitar lesson or other stuff is in your website. Is that right? Or what? Yeah. 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 Brentmason.com. Yes. Yeah. Skypes. I'm, I'm, I'm really yeah. having a blast doing Skypes. You know, I'll give it to some, you know, real high, uh, um, pro profile professional guys too. You know, I won't mention any names, but uh, intermediate. You know, I don't do beginners or anything like that. I'm not like that. But uh, you know, there's guys that do that much better than me. But I'm yeah. intermediate players, professional players, whatever. Yeah. 
yeah. I'm really digging it because you, it's like a, a persona, it's like a real personal one-on-one -on -one thing. It's almost like everything, but having a Budweiser there drinking and laughing and showing, you know, yeah. talking and learning stuff. Well, when I book mine, you're more than welcome to have a Budweiser while we're doing it. <laughs> Drink on the job. <laughs> okay. Right. I'm going to get a whiskey here. Okay. Hardy, hard. Right. Well, thank you for doing this. Do you think I, can you hear this guitar? Could you play a little bit over it? I know it's hard to Skype. Like, I won't be able to. I see, a G, I see you doing a G chord. It's not loud. Not loud enough? No. Come on, you're a guitar player. You can. <laughs> it's weird. I can't figure out the, the, getting the guitar through Skype. It's going through the microphone. You know, the, the Skype's, uh, I don't know, Zoom the same way. I mean, I had Zoom, but uh, uh, if you're using a USB interface thing, yeah. sometimes you can play together. Otherwise, if you're using a, 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 a built-in yeah. mic on your uh, computer, it, it'll do a, have a limiter. It'll shut the other guy off. I don't yeah, know yeah. if it'll do it's it. Crazy. You can try it. Boy, I'm record I bet this is going to be hellacious on, on how much space we're oh, going to use on it's this. It's beautiful. Well, it's, it's it, you know, it's audio recording. It's oh, yeah. going. Great. I'm looking at it. We well, got um, it. What do you want to do? I was going to have you take a lead Play. over the top. Oh, Alan okay. I'll get off the front. <laughs> you know, one, four, five. <laughs> I got the delay beautiful. on. I was trying to put a little slap on it. I had it. It was too much. <laughs> Can I punch in on the third verse? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Does that happen a lot? I mean, like, when I'm in a session, I always feel like, oh, shit. Can I do that again? Can I do it again? Like, it's like. Oh, kind yeah. Of, Everybody's doing that. It's like. Uh, the first uh, time is no big deal. The third, fourth time, you start feeling a little self-conscious with people waiting around and stuff. Do you ever get that even at your, <laughs> your level? Uh, no, I just, a lot of times in the studio, we'll, we'll work on a song for about two, uh, two and a half hours. And then it always gets me, then they go, hey, can you slap on a, we got 15 minutes, can you slap a solo on that? I'm going, 15 minutes, we work on the song, you know, and then we get, it's like, can you maybe send that to me? Or, uh, or no, we'll come back for overdubs, you know. So a lot of times, sometimes you get some great stuff in 15 minutes, you know, it's just the, the real inspiration that you get of the song then. And then yeah, sometimes yeah. you go, man, if I just had five more minutes, I could have put a great ending on that. They liked it. They go, no, we love it. I go, oh, right. I could have did, I could have did a cooler thing. I was always like, I want to make the musicians like this song too. When I was playing on stuff, especially in the yeah. '90s, a lot, because uh, there was a lot of guitar gymnastical things, and we used to try to think of crazy intros and wacky endings and stuff. But uh, we we. Uh, um, never had a lot of, you know, we, we just had to get down and, and usually they would have, you know, maybe a half hour to 45 minutes to get a solo, you know, otherwise if you didn't get it 45 yeah. minutes, you, you felt maybe you were bogging down the session, right? Yeah. Well, it's good to hear that. I figured you just do the first take every single time, like a solo yeah. took exactly as long as you're here no, on the record, so. I mean, since, you know, sense of uh, Pro Tools digital recording, you can give everybody playlists, you know. You go, hey, let me just yeah. give you another one just to have it, you know, and sometimes they'll crossfade stuff or whatever, but uh, yeah, yeah. I don't like them to have, I hate it when they have too much power over your solo. When you leave, you don't know what they're going to do with it, right? 
Right. Yeah. Top it up. There's so much stuff. They, they manipulate it so much now. It's like, I give up. I don't know what they're going to do with it. They'll just, they'll just right. piece it up and use it around. You know, it's a different thing now. Whoa, money. Thank it you fades. for going a little over here. <laughs> oh, okay. And, no, uh, yeah, man. I, I enjoyed it. Good playing, oh, by man. the way. Oh, gosh. Yeah, dude. Thank you very much. All right, All right bro. Guitar is safe.